It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study we welcome you to the virtual bible study for thursday march 22nd 2012 my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here dad welcome back to the program jacob also welcome back to you last yeah. week we were neither one i think first time in almost seven years that it was it's the second, second time, time it was. second time in seven years that, yes. that we were both unavailable on virtual Bible study night. So we had to have a fill we had to have a fill in crew. Monty and Anthony, both members here at College View, filled in, and I've heard good reports about the work they did. We've been negligent to get their uh, uh, information up in the archives. We'll try to do that right away. But Monty's running the board for us tonight. Monty, thanks for helping out last week and this week as well. You're welcome. I'm glad I could help. And uh, we are. Glad that you helped as well, and it was a good program, and uh, we hope that you had an opportunity to listen to that program in our archives if you didn't catch it live. But it is good to be back, and uh, an interesting topic planned for tonight. Jacob, I've been hearing more and more. In fact, this this topic was first uh, uh, mentioned to me by one of our members here, Roger, who listens to the Virtual Bible Study. He told me that he'd heard a preacher on the... Uh, radio on a Sunday morning talking about five crowns that Christians could could obtain uh, by way of reward. Uh, I, I hadn't really heard of that before. I know the Bible talks about crowns, and in the New Testament, different crowns are mentioned for Christians, uh, but I was unaware that some were teaching that you might receive different rewards, different crowns based upon what you've done here on earth. Well, I've done some searching on the Internet, and Actually, there's quite a lot out there on the Internet. If, you, if you're interested in looking at any of that, just type, just Google Bible Five Crowns or something of that nature. Five Crowns and Bible are put, there, there are, are just a, a number of different uh, search results that will come up. That's interesting because I, I, I sort of stumbled on this about the same time, I guess, because the question came up in a, in a Bible class that uh, we were having here as well about this idea. And, uh, so it, it, but when you look at it, there, there are quite a few people who believe it. Yeah, I don't think it's a brand new idea. Uh, I think maybe the Schofield Bible, which is a commentary Bible that has study notes in it, and a lot of people use the Schofield Bible. I think maybe the Schofield Bible teaches the idea of the five crowns. And by the way, just as an aside, I would advise people away from the Schofield Bible. The study notes in the Schofield Bible are obviously just written by man and full of lots of error. So. Uh, just as a warning, be advised against using the Schofield Bible. But I think this idea is taught there. Okay. So the idea of degrees of punishment and degrees of reward, people believe is taught in the Bible. We're going to look at that and compare it with what we believe the Bible teaches. Yeah, we want to talk about the both concepts. The five crown things obviously, obviously have to do with rewards that you might receive in heaven, varying degrees of rewards. The other side of that coin is degrees of punishment, and there's always been questions raised about that, and I know good brethren who take both sides of, that, of, of the position. We're not going to fall out with anybody about the conclusions that we reached tonight, but we want to talk about degrees of punishment and degrees of reward. 
Let me read to you the questions that we sent out earlier today to our update list. Uh, remember, you can get on our update list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just put in the subject line, add me to the list, and we'll do it. If you're on our list about midday on Thursday, you'll, you'll receive an email, which will tell you what our topic is going to be for discussion that night and give you some questions to begin your thinking process. We, get, we ask for any who are willing to to start sending us email responses right then and there that we try to include in the program that night. Here's the questions I sent out today. Number one, what are the five crowns mentioned in the New Testament? And do you believe that the mention of various crowns suggests different people will get different rewards in heaven? Now, the follow-up to that, question two, what Bible verses, A, support the conclusion there will be degrees of reward in heaven, B, deny the conclusion that there will be degrees of reward in heaven, and then finally, what do you think? Do you believe that there are degrees of reward or not? And then the third question, what verses support the idea of degrees of punishment in hell? What verses deny the concept of degrees of punishment in hell? Finally, what's your view? Are there degrees of punishment in hell? All right. So that's where we're going to go with our questions tonight. We'll start the program tonight on the idea of five crowns. Are we going to get one of five crowns? Or the idea is you can get as many as five. Uh, you could get one. You could get none. You could be in heaven with no crowns. I guess nothing uh, I actually think they think to get there, you've got to have one. You've got to have, the, I think, what they call the crown of life. I listened to someone uh, today who said you, did, you didn't. It was oh, really? your, your salvation is independent of the crowns. Oh, okay. All right. See, I'm, I'm, that, I'm, so there's a yeah. Theories on on it. Okay. Yeah, I think there are some differing views. We had two responders who listed crowns uh, that they found in the Bible. Jim in Kentucky and Anthony in, here in Columbia, Tennessee, suggested that they saw uh, different crowns. And I'm not going to read. I'm going to read from one of the websites, Jacob. Let me let me give you these. Jim and Anthony, I think, are going to overlap with all of these. Here are the five crowns that this one website by a man named Robert Wells. By the way, we tried to contact Robert Wells to see if he'd be on our program tonight. I tried several different people to see if I could get him on the program. Jacob had no luck tonight. Mm. But Robert Wells on his website says, there's the crown of rejoicing for those who win others to Christ. He said this is sometimes called the soul winner's crown. He bases this on 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. You are our hope, our joy, and the crown we will take pride in when our Lord Jesus Christ comes. Or, uh, I don't like King, that translation. King, King James Version makes a crown of rejoicing. Yeah. Uh, the second, uh, the next crown, the crown of righteousness mm-hmm. for those who look for and love Christ's return. Second Timothy four verse eight. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will give me it on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing, all who love His appearing. Second mm-hmm. Timothy four nine. So you got the crown of rejoicing, crown of righteousness. Crown of glory, he says, is for those who faithfully teach and preach God's word. First uh, Peter five verse four: When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. That text is is actually addressed to, the addressed to elders, mm-hmm. shepherds, pastors of the flock. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the the incorruptible crown for those who run a good race in the Christian life. First Corinthians nine twenty five: Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown, imperishable, incorruptible crown. Uh And then finally, the crown of life. He says there are two ways to achieve this crown. The first way is to simply put complete faith and trust in the Lord when you are facing trials, tribulations, and hardships. When in difficult times and you are faced with pain and suffering, you simply rely on the Lord 
that much more. And he bases this on James 1.12. Happy is the man that keeps on enduring trial because on becoming approved, he will receive the crown of life. Also, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 talks about those who are faithful unto death, and they will yeah. receive the crown of life. So yeah. that, oh, I didn't read it. He goes on to say the second way to achieve the crown of life is to remain faithful to our Lord, faithful to him to the very end, even if it means laying down your very own life in his name. And he mentions Revelation 2.10. So there's your five crowns. Crown of rejoicing, crown of righteousness, crown of glory, incorruptible crown, the crown of life. And I actually found a website that has pictures of all five. Oh, they got pictures? Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. I must have gotten uh, that maybe in an email or something. Now, the, the question is, I mean, there, there's no doubt that those crowns are mentioned in the New Testament. We just read the verses that yeah. talk about various crowns. Are they meant to represent differing rewards that will be given to different people based upon what they have done. I, I want to lay out what my basic position is on this whole question, Jacob, and then as we go along, uh, we'll get we'll get uh, those in the chat room and others who, who may want to call or email, we'll get, get your input as well. In regards to the degrees of reward, uh, I find that a, a, a difficult thing to accept on the basis of the fact that it suggests earning something or based upon merit you will receive. Yeah. You you did so much good, you deserve this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I just have a hard time uh, accepting that notion. Um, in Luke 17, verse 10, Jesus said, uh, Luke 17, 10, So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We've done that which was our duty to do. Well, I want to tell you, we're all going to fall short of doing all that we've been commanded to do. Even if we could do and did do all that we were commanded to do, we'd still be unprofitable servants. Unprofitable servants are not worthy of rewards, right. extra rewards. Right. I, I'm, I'm just I'm uncomfortable with the idea that I could merit or earn or deserve extra rewards. Monty, you put it in an interesting way there when we were talking before the program started. Yeah, I was, I was talking to you before the program. And basically I said the, the only perfect person that ever lived was Jesus. And whoever was next down below Jesus as far as the quality of life they lived and in their service to God, whoever that may have been, by the fact that they'd sinned one time, they deserve to burn in hell forever. They haven't earned anything except punishment is what is what's all that they've earned. The best other than Jesus person that ever lived deserves to go to hell and burn forever. Yeah, and the verse that comes to mind along those lines, what you're saying, Monty, is is uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. That's what you earn. Wages you earn. And we've sinned, so we earn death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And and, the, and one reference that I've listened to as well on this subject, even use the word earn. Yeah, I got a, I got a website here. Uh, I don't know what the guy's name is. Lynn Mize uh, got a website from Lynn Wise, First Fruits Ministry. And he's got a chart here of the five crowns. And in his chart, he has as a title, he, he lists the crowns. And then over here in another column, he says how they are earned. Earned. He uses the word earned. These yeah. are how you earn yeah. these rewards. Yeah. And it's interesting that the people who would, uh, would, a lot of people would hold to this idea are the same ones who would tell you, uh, that you should that obedience is not required in order to be saved because that would be earning your salvation. So they seem to be catching themselves going and coming. Yeah, yeah. If if you can't, you know, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation, but you can earn crowns. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem consistent. I would say they're being inconsistent. We're, and we're not arguing that you can earn your salvation, but they are misapplied. They're they're not understanding how uh, 
obedience fits into this picture is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah, yeah, All exactly right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use, and the chat room as well. Sign in the chat room. Uh, very easy to do there, and join in the conversation. There. Yeah, uh, let me let me give you the other side of the coin, Jacob. We're, we're, as we as we get to some various verses that discusses on the degrees of punishment question. I'm against that too. I I I don't feel comfortable teaching or believing in either degrees of reward for the reasons some of the reasons we'll talk about more some of the reasons we just mentioned. I don't feel comfortable talking about degrees of punishment because I I effectively think that teaches the is almost an an invitation to low living. And if I could explain what I mean by that, you know, I'm not I'm not a real great guy, but I'm certainly not the worst guy that you ever saw. Uh, and I might not make it to heaven, but I've been a pretty decent fella. And so if I go to hell, I'll be in, in a tolerable part of hell. You know, it, 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 will, it won't be pleasant, uh, as I was teasing Monty before the program started. It'll be sort of like South Alabama in August. Mm. It's not real pleasant, but you can bear it. It's tolerable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think if you teach degrees of punishment, you are open to the possibility that people will take that to me. I, I, I can deal with that. You know, it's, it's, it's not... It's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing that could possibly happen if I go to a, a, a fairly mild part of hell. I just think it's an invitation for low living. And so I think it's, it's, I think it is dangerous on that level. I don't know how dangerous, but I think that poses some danger to the doctrine. All right. Uh, in the chat room tonight, uh, Dave says there may be degrees of punishment. Don't think so, but I know one thing. I don't want to have anything to do with any of them. Uh, so Dave is uh, leaning in the direction of no degrees of punishment, uh, and Anthony agrees with your point about uh, earning uh, rewards. Yes, 736 uh, poses the question, though we may not earn rewards, do you believe that God does give proper rewards? For example, in Matthew 6, it speaks of the Pharisees obtaining the attention of man, since that is what they desire. Yeah, uh, I hadn't thought about that passage in in uh, reference to this study, but they received the reward of the attention uh, of men. So that's what for instance, he said, uh, Matthew six verse one: Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them; otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say to you that they have their reward. Uh, he says, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And so in answer to the question, does God give rewards? Yes. I mean, the, there there is the idea of reward, but it's not, it, it's not a merited reward. In right. other words, if, if when you get your paycheck on Friday, you could, be, you could use the expression, say, I've been rewarded for my work this week. But actually, they owed it to you. You earned it. You deserved it. It was by it, it, a, contract. a contractual agreement. You did your part. They have to do their part. And so you could say it's a reward for your labors, but in that sense, it's earned. On the other hand, uh, if if you showed up at a grand opening of a new store, and when you walked through the door, bells and whistles went off, and they said, congratulations, you're the 500th customer on our opening day. We're going to reward you with a new flat-screen TV. Yeah. Well, there's nothing that you did. To des- it's a reward, but you certainly didn't do anything to deserve it. And yeah. so the, the the idea is, yes, the scriptures talk about reward. What we're hanging up on is the idea that, that various rewards could be earned. All right, here's my take of the five crowns in the way that I understand it. And uh, 
be interested in our listeners' comments. I believe that uh, the five crowns are all synonymous, speaking of the same thing, eternal life. Uh, for instance, we might talk about uh, in the National Hockey League, what do they what do they strive for at the end of the year? The Stanley Cup, right? But the team that wins the Stanley Cup, we could say they won the cup, they won the championship, they won even the crown, uh, and, and 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 so on. It's different terms. They won the title. The title. Uh, is this? Are these different things? No, they're the same. They're synonymous for the, for the things that was uh, that was accomplished there. I think the same is true uh, for these crowns. I think they're synonymous uh, for the uh, the gift of eternal life that God will give us. Yeah. In the chat room, uh, uh, Dave mentions the Bible talks about our rewards singular, does not mention rewards plural, and he goes on to say that. There are various aspects of this reward that are suggested in the crowns. For, for instance, mm-hmm. here, the reward is going to be to go to heaven. And in heaven, there's going to be great rejoicing. It's going to be incorruptible. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be glorious. Um, it'll be life. Mm-hmm. So I think Dave's right. I think that the, the various crowns are just, and, and your uh, illustration I think is great, Jacob. It's just different ways of illustrating what God has in store for those who will serve him. And all of it's intended to make us want to be there, to be with him, to to have these great blessings that he is offering to us, though we don't deserve them. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Looking forward to your comments. The best way to comment tonight is on the phone at 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Envy is the art of counting the other fellow's blessings instead of your own. If you're patient in one moment of anger, you may escape a hundred days of sorrow. No matter how far you've gone on a wrong road, it's never too late to turn back. Man, I wish I'd said that. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight, and uh, we welcome you back as well at 877-381-4567. The chat room as well is open for you to comment, and if you're not signed in there, Follow the simple instructions to join in the discussion with other listeners. Guest 117 says, right, the reward we will receive, uh, according to Paul, is eternal life, Romans chapter 2, verse 7. All right, let's let's go to some of the verses. I think what we're going to do tonight, Jacob, is really just basic Bible study. We're going to look at verses. We ask... Uh, in our questions. Oh, wait a minute here. What is it? Uh, this uh, website says that only Christians who earn all five crowns will be uh, eligible for the prize. Oh, there so you go. got to get all five. He's saying you, you, yeah. you can't get just some. You've got to get all. Mm, interesting. 
All right, so our question, so we're kind of done with the five crowns things. I, I think we probably covered that. The, the broader question is, does the Bible teach degrees of reward in heaven? And, and I ask, do you know any verses that support the conclusion that there will be degrees of reward in heaven? And do you know of any verses that deny those claims? So let's start out. Are there any verses that support the idea of degrees of reward? Anthony in his email says, I can think of none. Uh, maybe folks are horribly misusing 2 Corinthians 12, 2 or something like Matthew 10, 41. There's nothing in the context of these verses that implies degrees of reward. Uh, Jim, uh, in the question about uh, do these uh, crowns represent uh, different uh levels of reward he said no that would make god a respecter of persons uh, romans 2 verse 11 beside that uh, the description of the crowns is in keeping with the context of the passage as in first corinthians 9 paul was making a contrast between something that people strive for which is corruptible and something that we as christians strive for which is incorruptible first peter 5 peter is talking about sharing in christ's glory verse 1 thus the crown we receive indicates part of our sharing in his glory it is a crown of life that reflects our eternal living with God in heaven. It is a crown of righteousness in that it reflects our character, being righteous as God is righteous, etc. I think Jim is commenting and uh, touching on that idea that we mentioned earlier. Uh, that, uh, some other listener mentioned that uh, these are describing different aspects of, uh, of our reward in heaven. Okay. All right. Let, let, let me suggest some verses. The, the Jim and Anthony and, uh, didn't... didn't uh, uh, offer any, I think probably because they don't see that there is such a verse, and I agree with them. I don't think there are verses that teach degrees of reward. You didn't I, read, we didn't read Jim's answer, by the way. Well, he's got the deny part. When we get to verses that deny, we'll read that. Uh, here are some, some potential proof texts that people like to use to teach degrees of reward. Matthew 16, verse 27. Mm -hmm. The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Well, he's going to reward every man according to his works. I, I don't know why that couldn't be easily understood to mean you're either in or you're out. Uh, you, a sort of a binary judgment. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing there that... In other words, what we, we know there's going to be judgment, and we know there's going to be different outcomes in judgment. Uh, to different individuals. Mm -hmm. The question, though, is not, will there be differences? Yes. The question is, will there be degrees of reward? Some will go to heaven, and many will go to hell. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 7, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. But, but broad is the way, and wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. So we know that a few are going to be rewarded, many will be lost. You're either in or out. And I don't think that Matthew 16, 27 could be used to defend the idea that there will be degrees. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, or verse 10 rather, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Good, bad. Two choices. Mm. In, out. So, uh, again, I don't think Matthew 16, 27 teaches degrees. Let us know your thoughts. Do you agree? Do you disagree? It's a great time for you to give us a call right now. Dave, you kind of keep an eye on that chat room. Let well, we've got go. another verse popped up in the chat room. We'll go ahead through uh, your list, and okay. we'll get this in a minute. Let me look at Matthew 25, uh, and it's, it's a longer reading, and I won't read it all. It's the parable of the talents, all right? 
Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you know the parable of the talents, yeah. and, you know, and you know how it goes in verse 20. The one who, who was given, uh, he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, that thou re- deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Well, look at verse 22 and 23. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of thy Lord. I think if that teaches anything, it teaches no degrees of reward. The Lord said exactly the same thing to both of them, although one had earned him more in in return than the other. Mm-hmm. And so... Some suggest, you know, well, you got your five talent man, and and then you got two talent man. They're going to be rewarded appropriately. I don't see that there. I see that they both received the same reward, although they had done different work. Yeah. So I think that teaches against degrees of reward. And what is the parable teaching then? I think it's teaching you're expected to do what you can. Responsibility. Responsibility. Accountability. Accountability. Okay. I think it also teaches that there are, are varying standards of judgment. Yes. In other words, the guy who has great ability and many opportunities is going to be expected to use them. And the fellow who has lesser ability and lesser opportunity, the Lord understands that and not going to hold him accountable for doing what he's not capable of doing. I think it's teaching the the, the principle of accountability and judgment and a stricter judgment on those who have more t- opportunity and ability. All right. A comment in the chat room tonight says, uh, degrees of reward, no. Our name is either in the book of life or it is not, Revelation 21.15. Anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So guess 117 uh, weighs in with a no on the, the question of degrees of uh, reward. You've got another passage you're pulling up, and then we've got another uh, verse in the chat room. To go, go ahead, go ahead and take that one. Uh, the question in the chat room, uh, the comment is: Some um, may misapply or misunderstand Matthew five verse nineteen. Matthew five verse nineteen uh, says, "Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven." Our commenter in the chat room says uh, that uh, many will misunderstand this or misapply it with regard to being least or greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Your thoughts on that? Least or greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, if I, you're in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to be blessed, right? Right. Um, I was actually thinking along another line here when you when you were reading that. What's your thought on it? Well, it's a, it's interesting when uh, again I don't uh, it says let me read it you, again if you break the least of these commandments and shall teach men so he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Well, I, I know the Lord in another place says that He'll come and take out of His kingdom those parts that offend and violate His will. So, so maybe it's on an earthly perspective that. Uh, well, I think if you t- you know to be least in the kingdom of heaven does not, I think, suggest the idea that you'll necessarily go to heaven. If I mean, we're, we're in the kingdom now. Uh, is it possible that he's teaching that? I can't believe it. Those, read who, would, again, those, yeah, those who, who would break and teach, teach people other to, people to break they're and they're going to go gonna to heaven? Be in heaven? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's probably talking about the earthly uh, 
portion of that. that. You know, those people who are least in the kingdom of heaven are going to be excluded out when the Lord separates the goats from the sheep. Okay. You know, we're even taught to withdraw from false teachers, and that that false teachers are some of those that are going to have their place in the lake of fire. So I, I can't reconcile that this false teacher is still going to go to heaven, but he's just not going to have as good a position. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Let me suggest, uh, so I hope that answers that one. Good question. I think that's a... a, a that was a, a thought-provoking question as question. well. Uh, let me take you to Luke 19. All right, well, let's, before we do that, I think the passage you referenced was Luke 13, verse 41. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. There you go. So I think that's talking about the kingdom here on earth. Yeah. And some are going to be separated out of that kingdom right. in the judgment, right. not going to go to heaven. Right. Okay. All right, uh, Luke 19, uh, Jesus uh, told, taught a parable. Uh, uh, see, he called ten servants, delivered them ten pounds, said to them, occupy till I come. Very similar to the parable of the talents, although a different parable. Uh, so when he came back, uh, it says, the first uh, servant came saying, Lord, thy, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said to him, well, thou, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. Second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, be thou over five cities. Another came and said, I've kept this laid up in a napkin and so forth. Um, so uh, some people say, you know, the one who had gained ten pounds was given authority over ten cities. The one who had gained five pounds was given authority over five cities. Now, that may come as close as anything that we're going to read to teach the idea of degrees of reward. Uh, Obviously, one of the things we've got to do is we've got to reconcile the whole of Bible teaching on this subject. Uh, For that reason, I'm dubious about assigning that meaning, degrees of reward, to that. I think the basic premise of of the parable is do well, be rewarded. Uh, do bad, be punished. And my question, you know, as we're studying the parables, you always got to ask the question, do the various specifics of the parable really have a an application of meaning on the spiritual interpretation of the parable? And so I would ask, do you think the ten cities versus five cities is a critical part of the parable? It may be, I mean, and you may conclude that it is. Uh I think in light of other things that we're studying tonight, I would argue probably not. I I would say this comes perhaps as close to teaching degrees of rewards as I think you can find. Now, is this talking about eternal reward or is this talking about things here on earth? Well, this is just a parable. Could Uh, could the application be things here on earth? Does uh, God give you more responsibility as uh, you execute faithfully on your responsibilities he's giving in other words, if you do well, then you're given greater opportunity With and more accountability. More talents and more accountability. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, sort of the idea of developing your talents? I, I, it could be just saying that the reward you're going to get for your service is just vastly and exponentially more valuable than what you were able to oh, serve. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I really think he's teaching the concept of accountability and judgment, Jacob, to, okay. your, to your question. Okay. But, but I – and again, I, I – because of the other verses that I think pretty clearly teach against it, I would say that's not a critical part of the parable on that one. Okay. And then I got one more, a potential proof text to teach degrees of reward. How are we doing on time? Well, we're up to break time. Uh, Romans 2, 5 and through 7. Romans 2, verse 5. 
After thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor, uh, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Again, I, I don't think that teaches degrees of oh. You're either in or out. You have etern- you're good or bad. You either have eternal life or you don't have it. Right, th- those are the verses that I see that might be interpreted to teach degrees reward. We're going to take a break. We're going to have to hustle up to get through this. And we're going to talk about verses we believe teach that uh, you would not get uh, varying degrees of reward on the other side of the break. And exactly. So if you'd like to join in, if you disagree with what we said, if you agree, if you have comments, the best way to get those comments heard is over the phone tonight. It is toll-free, and the line is open, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Every congregation has them. You know who they are. They're the ones who simply never miss an assembly. But more than this, they're the ones who are always Johnny on the spot when something needs done or someone needs help. These folks are the backbone of the local church, and they are the ones primarily responsible for accomplishing the essential work of the congregation. You've seen them when you know they're feeling just awful, when their jobs and various responsibilities have them completely covered up, when they could easily be overwhelmed by personal grief or pain, when circumstances have them totally swamped. But they still manage to make time for the Lord. They push through their illness. They keep on keeping on when many others would have given in and given up. And you wonder, how do they do it? While the kind of individuals we're describing here each have their own unique characteristics, it's clear that they all share this in common. Their love and devotion for the Lord supersedes everything else in their lives. He is more important to them than their jobs, their families, or their hobbies. For them, minor aches and pains pale in comparison to the joy of doing His will. He is quite simply the most important thing in their lives, and they show it by how they live and what they do. For them, it's not mere lip service, it's the real thing. Heartfelt, devoted service to their Lord and Master. One sister in her 90s who impressed everyone in the congregation with her faithfulness explained in these plain terms. She said, quote, If I can get up, get dressed, and get to the doctor, and I've been doing a lot of that these days, then I can also get up, get dressed, and get to church services. Now that's what we're talking about. That's how it gets done. We're thankful for all our brothers and sisters who set such wonderful examples for the rest of us. May their tribe increase. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, and South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we welcome you back to the program tonight. And if you are listening to us outside of the United States of America, send us a line. Let us know where you're listening. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about... Degrees of punishment and degrees of reward on the program tonight. We've looked at some verses that some may use to say that the Scriptures do teach this, and we're going to look at some verses that uh, would yeah. teach otherwise Now, now as well. Anthony and Jim give us some verses they think deny the idea of degrees of reward. So okay. let's look at Jim in, in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. He says, God is consistent in the concept of ones, as mentioned in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Jesus said he was going to prepare a place, John 14, 1 through 3, where each one would be uh, be received in. He said in Matthew 25, 34, that those in his right hand identified first as sheep and then further as those who have done that which is good would be those who would be welcomed in. Nothing is said about varying degrees of welcome. In the previous chapter of Matthew 24, Jesus presented the parable of the talents. 
In verses 21 and 23, those who had used their five talents and two talents were both welcomed in equally to the joy of the Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, Romans 6, 23. Nothing is mentioned about the gifts of God. Okay. All right? All right. Uh, and Anthony says, uh, uh, I think the best argument against degrees of reward is that Jesus never mentions degrees of reward in any of his parables. It's either salvation or damnation. I see no scriptural evidence for the notion of degrees of reward, much less the earning of special crowns. And in the chat room tonight, John uh, Duvall from Edmond, Oklahoma, is joining us. He can be found at scripturalway.org on th- Tuesday nights at 7.30. John says, my argument against degrees of reward is this. The degrees of rewards thought is based upon physical expectation and comprehension. Living in a physical body, we can understand and experience degrees of this or that. However, eternity will be a, a spiritual realm only a spiritual realm beyond our comprehension. John wrote, Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First John chapter 3, verse 2. Our reward will be the gift of God, which is eternal life in heaven. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We are thinking too carnally when we expect degrees of reward in heaven. Interesting comments by John. Yeah, I, think you, I agree with you, John. I think you're right on there. Spot on. Uh, Guest 737 asks, what other established religions in the world take on this concept of degrees of reward and of punishment in hell? I think Islam does. Uh, Yeah, I would say Islam probably does. Uh, I think that, uh, well, I don't know. If if you know, if if you had uh, some interaction with some religious groups that you think teach it. Maybe the Mormons, uh, maybe? Uh, maybe the Mormons, I think Jehovah's Witnesses probably do, because they think that some oh, will go to heaven right. and others will inherit the earth. So that certainly would be a degree of reward. Yeah. yeah. Let me give you the, the verses, because I really want us to get, and we're going to run out of time, but I want us to get to this degrees of punishment thing. I think it's significant. Real quick on the, the, the verses I think deny degrees of reward. Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16, is the parable of the day laborers. We don't have time to read that whole parable, but you remember the, the landowner went out and hired laborers at different times throughout the day. Uh, he, he hired some the last hour. When it came pay time, the, the ones who had worked all day long thought they'd get more than the ones who were hired in the last hour. They all got the same thing. Right. And I think that parable, it's an interesting parable, and there's lots of ins and outs, but I think that parable would strongly mm-hmm. teach the idea there are no different degrees of reward from, from the master. Right. Uh, we already mentioned Luke 17.10. When you've done all that's commanded of you, say, we are unprofitable servants. Yes. We've done that which was our duty to do. Second uh, Corinthians 8, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12 says, For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Which I, I think suggests the idea is not going to be... Not merit If you've got more than me, you ought to get more than me. That's not the way it's measured here. Okay. And then, uh, one of the... Uh, most uh, uh, stirring passages, I think, in the New Testament. Paul's final words in Second Timothy four verses six through eight. Yeah, but we, are, uh, we already mentioned, and that was mentioned as one of the crowns. Yeah, he says, "There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me that day." Oh, wait a minute! This is the Apostle Paul. If there's a crown laid up for him, it's got to be better than anybody else, right? Yeah, it's right? got to be a huge one. I mean, I mean, he's done more than anybody else. Surely he's got a bigger reward coming. But he says there's laid up a crown of righteousness, and not to me only. The Lord's going to give me that in that day, he says. The righteous judge will give me at that day. And not to me only, 
but to all them that love his appearing. Paul seemed to indicate we could get the same reward he had. This for all. And not only that, it doesn't. There's no. He doesn't talk about any any kind of earning here. The requirement for that uh, crown is just to look forward to Christ's return. So, again, it doesn't seem to jive with this idea. That well, if you're looking, uh, although if you love the appearing of the Lord and you're looking for it, then you're going to be making preparations by way of obedience and so forth. Right. But uh, what I'm saying is this idea of five crowns that you could earn that they're different. Not everybody's going to have this crown. Yeah. There's nothing here that necessarily earned about what Paul is saying in right. that expression. Right. All right, uh, John does chime in in the chat room. He says the Mormons believe in three levels of a heavenly reward. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, interesting, John. Thank you. All right, let's quickly, before we get uh, completely out of time, let's go to the other side of the question that I think that is probably more controversial than the degrees of reward. And, I've, I, and again, we're not falling out with anybody about this. I don't think it's, it's essential that we have ultimate agreement on this matter. What the Lord does will be right. By definition, he's a just judge. And how he handles justice and judgment will be, by definition, the right thing. Uh, and, and you know, if, if somebody said, well, I always thought there were going to be degrees of reward in heaven, it turns out there weren't, or vice versa, I don't think that would be a great difference yeah, maker. Yeah, you know, that's uh, the comment that Dave made a while back. He said, I do not believe in degrees of reward in heaven. The Bible does not teach that. However, when I get there, if there are, that will be okay with me. Uh, so, yeah, Dave is, uh, Dave's, uh, he's sort of... It's not a deal breaker. I don't think it's a deal breaker. Yeah, right. Uh, concerning degrees of punishment... Uh, Anthony said he wasn't sure of any verses that taught it. Uh, he says Jesus' teaching, clear teaching on judgment indicates only two fates, not six or seven different fates. No scriptural evidence for this idea, Anthony says. Uh, Jim in, in Kentucky says, by the way, did you see he's no winky? That's, that's Jim. Yeah, okay. he's now in Kentucky. Now in Kentucky. No okay. winky. Now we, he says, the same manner as spoken about heaven, there is only one place defined as a place of torment. There is no mention of any concept of different levels of torment. Similar to my thoughts about Romans 6.23, above the wage of sin is death, not deaths. Our, all right, we have you a know, the, the right. idea of the degrees of, of punishment, I think, was generated by by Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the ancient writings of Dante that suggested... Uh, descending deeper into the pit and getting into hotter and worse places of torment for the really bad people. I really think that that, uh, that, that really generated a lot of this kind of thinking. All right, uh, we have a dissenting opinion tonight, and we'll uh, take that uh, now. Uh, Pat in Harvest, Alabama, uh, says that uh, he says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 15, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. This verse teaches that there will be degrees of punishment in the day of judgment. The context, the Jews rejecting the teaching of Jesus' disciples in verses 6 and 14 of Matthew 10, shows that the degree of punishment will be related in some way to the amount of opportunity the sinner had to accept God's ways. Another passage that teaches there will be degrees of punishment at the day of judgment is Matthew 11, verses 20 through 24. Jesus said in verse 22, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Jesus also indicates in the context here that the degree of punishment will be related to the amount of opportunity that the sinner had to repent. Verse 21 reads, Woe unto thee, Horizon, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Okay, stop there. Okay. Stop there. We got, he's got one more passage to, so or, or, uh, to talk about. Matthew 10 and Matthew 11 are the context. Yeah, but look at both of them. It'll be more tolerable when... In the day of judgment, 
He says that in both those passages as it will be more tolerable in the day. It's talking about judgment. It's not talking about eternity. It's talking about degrees of judgment. In other words, uh, he says more tolerable for Sidon, Tyre and Sidon, more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon uh, than for uh, Chorazon, Chorazon and Bethsaida. In other words, if because he, he said if if the mighty works done were done in you that had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. In other words, he's saying you had a great chance here to see the truth and respond to it. And you didn't do it. Tyre and Sidon would have repented long ago if they saw what you saw. Therefore, you're going to be judged more harshly than them because you saw the mighty works and didn't react to it. He's talking about the opportunities they had to receive the truth and respond to it. And they're going to be judged more harshly because they didn't do what they had the opportunity. So you're talking about accountability here. Accountability and judgment. It's, it's, it's strict, stricter judgment based upon the opportunities that have been presented. I think, I think those two passages plainly are teaching judgment. Money? It might be that instead of using the word more harshly, because when we use the more harshly, we think of, of a degree of punishment, it would be better to use the word judged more strictly. Strictly. Because they had opportunity, more opportunity. They had more knowledge of salvation or whatever presented to them. So there's, they're going to be held to a stricter standard possibly or to a stricter accountability of the standard rather than a than a necessarily a degree of punishment. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think that's probably better wording, Monty. And key in on in that day, in the day of judgment. It Both both passages say in that day of judgment. Uh, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about judgment. He's not talking about eternity. He's talking about what leads to eternity, the day of judgment. All right. Oh, hang on. We're out of time. We, we gotta oh, take let's break. get this one. You okay. want to get this one? Well, this is the law one. This, this is next, the law. This next one is the best one that, that you can offer in Sort of degrees of punishment. Let's talk about when we come back. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we go get back, we'll go to the top of the hour with your comments, and we look forward to those over the phone, over email, in the chat room tonight. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. I'm Trent Haynes, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a reminder about the update mailing list for the virtual Bible study. Every Thursday shortly after noon, an email message is sent out with information about the topic for discussion on that evening's program. You're invited to start sending feedback and comments that are then included during the broadcast. If you'd like to be added to our update list, just send a message to questions at collegeview.com and put add me to the list in the subject line. That's all there is to it. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Recent surveys show that a majority of parents, 87%, continue to purchase movie DVDs for their children, but one quarter of those, 26%, do not feel comfortable with the content of the DVDs they purchase. Likewise, concerning music CDs, 6 out of 10 parents buy the disc for their kids, yet 1 out of 3 of those parents, 33%, had concerns about the content. Additionally, slightly more than half of all Christian parents had purchased video games for their children in the past year, but nearly half of those parents, 46%, expressed concerns about those games. All that data is via the Barna Group. Proverbs 22, verse 6 in the Word of God says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Those trends sort of of discouraged me at the end of the program. 
That's kind of shocking. Parents don't like what the kids are getting, but they're the ones who are buying it for them. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. This program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And we'll remind you, you can podcast Reza's Sermon from our website. Uh, Check out collegeview.com for that. And if you are listening to us in the recorded podcast version of this program, we are glad you're here. We welcome your comments at any time as well. Send us an email. Anytime you may listen to this program, if you have any questions or comments. We're talking about degrees of punishment and reward on the program tonight. And uh, we're in the middle of Pat's uh, email, and uh, he adds another verse. He says, the same point can be made from Luke 12, 12 verses 47 and this and 48. And this is the best verse they've got. And if you're going to te- teach degrees of punishment, this is the passage you've got to hang your hat on. All right. He says, it reads, And that servant, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did not commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whosoever much is given, and of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him will they ask the more. Here, ignorance of God's will results in a person getting few stripes, or less punishment than the person who knows God's will and won't follow it. Notice this verse clearly teaches that those who are guilty of sins of ignorance and don't repent are worthy of stripes. They will be lost. They will receive a smaller amount of punishment, maybe, but punishment nonetheless. The Bible does teach many stripes or few stripes, but few stripes will be no consolation. Let's fear God, Matthew 10:28, and avoid everlasting punishment, Matthew 25, verse 46, at all costs, Luke 14, 26 through 35. Okay. Uh, I understand the point Pat's making. I disagree with it. Uh, again, uh, I think we're going to look at some verses that deny the idea of degrees of punishment in a minute, but look at this verse. Remember, uh, when Jesus is using that kind of parable-type teaching, you got to be careful to look for what he's trying to emphasize. And actually, this this passage tells what he's talking about. The servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Four. There's, now, there, there's the trigger word. Jesus is going to tell you what he's talking about. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required, and to whom men have committed much of them, they will ask the more. He's talking about accountability. Okay. Do you see that? In other words, it really sounds like degrees of punishment. I agree when he talks about many stripes and few stripes, but but then he clears it up. He tells you what he's talking about when he's saying, for, or this is my point, Unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. In other words, if you've got if you've got all the opportunities in the world and you're a greatly talented person and you're not using them, you're really in trouble. Whereas if a fellow who didn't have much chance to do anything at all, the Lord's not going to expect him to do what he never had the chance to do. Didn't have didn't have opportunities to serve at the same level that you did. He's still got to serve. He's got to do what he can where he is. But this is talking about uh, degrees of accountability or strictness in judgment. Money? I would agree that it's still that's the same thing. He's talking about strictness of judgment or accountability and what he's responsible for, not the, so much the amount of punishment he's going to get. Because if you think about it, if we're in, if we've been condemned to hell and you know a few stripes compared to many, I mean, if those stripes are lasting forever, what difference does it make how many there were? And and, and the descriptions of hell and its torment are not varying in degree. It's a blanket uh, statement. I, I got I mean, even in Pat's email there, he said, I mean, you don't want any part of hell, no matter what it is. And, so, and we so agree. It's a moot point. Yeah, 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 we, it, we agree. We, we nobody wants any part of hell. We agree. All right, John uh, in the chat 
room suggest another verse that some might use to suggest degrees of punishment. He references 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Some would use this verse as well as a proof test, he says. However, that is not what Peter is teaching. Yeah, I really think that when he says the latter end is worse with them, it's because now they've already lost the drawing power of the gospel. They're sort of they, they they knew it and they turned from it. Now there's nothing left to draw them back in. But it's not even talking about eternity. It's just talking about their plight in this present world and what they're lining themselves up for in uh, in eternity because they've rejected the gospel. All right, I agree with John. I don't think it's teaching anything about degrees of punishment. All right, and uh, M. Thomas in the chat room says Jeremiah spoke to the people of Judah in the same way after having seen their brethren in Israel fall for provoking God and violating his covenant promises. In Jeremiah 3, 6 through 11, the Lord points out that they, Israel, were more righteous than Judah because they were, uh, because they were now accountable because of the punishment that, they had, that had been brought upon uh, Israel, uh, the Assyrian captivity. So maybe talking again about accountability, that there's more responsibility there because they had seen uh, the Lord's punishment firsthand. Okay. All right. All right, let's talk about some verses before we run out of time completely. Let's talk about some verses that I think deny the idea of degrees of punishment. We already mentioned earlier in the program, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is, is, it doesn't say the wages of sin are, it says the wages of sin is death. One, one, uh, one outcome for sin. I think one of the reasons we think of degrees of punishment, Jacob, is because we, in our, in our, Feeble minds are prone to try to categorize sins, some being a lot worse than others. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we read in the New Testament, or when we read the Scriptures, we understand that God doesn't view it that way. For instance, a passage that comes to mind is Revelation 21, verse 8. The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Liars are going to throw, be thrown in that lake the same as whoremongers and murderers. Yeah. That, that's the way God views it. So I really think that our, ten, our tendency to, to believe in the idea that God will punish some people worse than others is because we, we tend to rate sins, some as worse than others, and that's not, that's, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. All right. Good, uh, good, good observation there. Uh, James 3, verse 1. Yes. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. I think other versions, instead of saying masters, there will say teachers. Be not many teachers. And other verses will also translate condemnation differently. Okay. The idea, the idea is, again, standard of judgment, strictness of judgment. If you've taken on the role of being one who teaches others, then by virtue of doing that, you've compounded your accountability in the matter. You're now accountable for yourself and what you taught others to do. Uh, the King James Version does use the word judgment in place of condemnation. Okay, the, the New King James? New King James, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 9, again, teaches one punishment, not a variety of punishments. Second Thessalonians chapter one, beginning verse six, seeing is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. To you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. One punishment. 
not a multiplicity of punishments. And so I just think that there, those several verses argue against the idea that there's going to be a, a varying levels or degrees of punishment. Uh, what we got a good? We got a couple minutes left. We got any good comments? We've skipped in the chat room. Well, uh, several good comments here. Uh, shouldn't our accountability be growing as we grow in understanding and the truth and of the word? I think it would. Uh, and uh, I believe that's what the scripture we just talked about a minute ago that said, "Be not many teachers because of the greater accountability and judgment." I think that's what it's saying. When you've progressed to the point that you're able to be a teacher then there's no excuse for you not being obedient because you know the subject well enough to teach it. Oh, you're condemning yourself, in yeah. other words. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and uh, guest 736 suggests that uh, Mormons believe in three heavens. If married, then you, that you... I wish we had that theme song from the Twilight Zone because this is bizarre. If married, then you are in heaven, and marriage is eternal, and you will become God to rule over your own planet. But only if married in the temple. If not married in the temple, then there are two other levels of heaven. Uh, that's from, from Robert Harpgrider's book on ba- basic Bible doctrines, page 55. Thank you, guest 736, for that uh, on the Mormons, what they believe about rewards, degrees of rewards. And uh, 736 also adds that uh, they also believe in a celestial kingdom, a terrestrial kingdom, and a celestial kingdom. I don't know what celestial would be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, guess 117 mentions uh, sort of a formula that uh, that we've all kind of heard before, but it's very appropriate to our study tonight. Ability plus opportunity equals responsibility. If I'm able, but I never have a chance to use my ability, then I'm not accountable for doing that. If I'm if I have opportunity, but I have no ability, then I'm not accountable for that. But if you put ability and opportunity together. I'm able, and I and I meet up with an opportunity. Then I'm expected to do what I can. All right. Uh, Dave references Isaiah 53 verse 5. Jesus suffered for us; he bore the punishment for all our sins. Consider our stripes in that context. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was buried, a bruise for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, so, uh, and so, he goes on to say, "I may be worthy of more stripes than someone else." Jesus bore my punishment, and through faith, repentance, and obedience, then we we can be spared the punishment we deserve. You know, I I don't I don't didn't I don't doubt that from from man's perspective, there are some people who deserve more punishment. Does our own judicial system measures out worse punishments for some things than for others? But what we have to be careful is to try and place that human way of thinking upon God, which the Bible just doesn't seem to indicate that he, he views it that way. All right. And uh, and also that does sort of lend itself to the idea that some sins are worse than others, and, uh, and uh, the Bible doesn't teach that. Uh, we also have an interesting comment here, and I think this does prove varying degrees of uh, standard in the judgment. judgment. Strict uh, judgment. The Hebrews 13, verse 7. Consider those who rule over you. As ones who must give account, M. Thomas makes this Hebrews uh, this point. Hebrews thirteen verse seven. Remember them which have the rule over you, whom ha- who uh, have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Uh, let's see, that's not the verse I was looking for. I think we were looking the one. Let's see, is it is it seventeen? Thirteen verse seventeen. Right. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. So they're going to have to give account. There's going to be some increased accountability. Increased accountability. Okay. And then 
Oh, I ask, what does telestial kingdom mean? He says, uh, guess 736 has, has got all the answers on this. He says, telestial kingdom is where you serve God and Christ but cannot enter where they are. Hmm. All right. Well, Jacob, I think it's a worthy discussion. Again, I want to repeat what we said earlier. I don't think this is the kind of thing that we need to fall out with each other about. I, I, I don't think it's a deal breaker. Uh, we've given our reasons for not believing in degrees of reward and punishment. Others can make their case, and some have. Uh, I, I shy away from degrees of reward because I think it suggests that you might earn or merit something, and I don't think we earn or merit anything but damnation. So I shy away from that for that reason. I shy away from degrees of punishment because I think it, it invites us not to aim very high. You know, if, if we're pretty good, even if we miss heaven, we won't suffer too badly in hell. And I don't, I don't like that concept either. But, you know, we've got to stop where the revelation stops. And quite frankly, there's just not an abundance of, uh, of revelation about what it's going to be like uh, in eternity other than what uh, we have looked at tonight. And so... Uh, We'll leave it there. Yeah, I think it's an interesting study, really interesting study. We're not the first to dive into it, for sure. Plenty of people have been talking about this for a long time, but it's worthy of our discussion. Monty, any final thoughts? It just seems to me, as far as either degrees of punishment or reward, if we're in heaven, we're going to be so overwhelmed by being in the presence of God and Jesus that I can't imagine a degree of it. It's just so overwhelming. And if we're in hell, we're going to be in such miserable, perpetual, constant agony that I don't can't see how it could be any worse than that. So either we're going to have the grandest reward or the worst punishment, and I don't see that there's anything in between. All yeah. right. And like you said earlier, and we mentioned earlier, Monty, to teach otherwise, I think, sort of invites low living. If, if, if I, in other words, if I could just get a shack just inside the, I don't need a mansion in heaven, just give me a shack just inside the gate. Well, that makes me aim low. I'm not trying very hard. Or... If, I, if I'll be in hell, but it won't be a really bad part of hell, then that says, well, not a big deal. I don't have to worry about it. I think either one of those is sort of a dangerous way to think, and, and we should not be encouraging people to think that way. All right. Thank you for your time tonight. Good Thanks, discussion. Jacob. Thank you, Monty, for being here and for helping out again. And uh, thank you again for last week, for your help last week while we were out. I'm glad to be here. All right. We appreciate you for being here as well and hope you benefit from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you. Put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.